Hello and welcome to our first Cause High Viz podcast for 2018. My name is Ben Davidson, partner in Cause's Construction Practice Group, and I'm joined today by Cause Construction Associate David Hasty and Vec Civil Engineer Project Manager Owen Kavanagh. It's an opportune time to take a closer look at the Australian construction market and consider first how the industry performed in the 2016-17 financial year, and second, consider whether the industry is forecast to grow or contract in the short, medium and long term. Before we throw to Owen, who's in a position to give our listeners a particularly focused and insightful industry perspective, I might ask David to give us a quick overview of how the Australian construction industry performed last financial year. David, let us know. Thanks, Ben. Um, Well, before I start, I might just um, point out that uh, the numbers that I'm going to rely on are from the uh, recent Australian Construction Industry Forum report at the tail end of last year. Um, In terms of a national snapshot from the 2016-17 financial year, Um, Nationally, um, the spend in the industry amounted to around $218 billion, which was about 4% down nationally. Um, The way that is uh, broken down is firstly engineering construction, um, residential building and also non-residential building. Um, Just to break those numbers down, so with regards to engineering construction, that was down about 10% uh, last financial year to around about $85 billion. Uh, non-residential building was it was down about 1.5% um, to around uh, $36 billion. And residential building, as I'm sure people wouldn't be surprised, was actually up 1.6% and it's peaked at about $96 billion. Um, in terms of looking forward and um, the ACIF's um, forecast that they've given, they're actually uh, looking at a retraction, uh, or, sorry, I should say, for the market to retract by about 4% this current financial year to around about $210 billion, with a further 3% um, down on that figure in the financial year after that. So when you look into those figures, it looks like tough times ahead. But what's really interesting, and and I'll ask Owen to to talk about this, um, the number is going to be down basically, and that's attributable to a decline in residential building. As I said, that spiked at about $96 billion. But um, in the, the short to medium term, that is forecast to, uh, to dip, basically on the back of a perceived oversupply of um, apartments in the capital cities. And as such, there's been, I guess you'd say, um, a diversion of um, funds, in particularly uh, foreign funds, from uh, the residential sector, probably into the non-residential sector. So we're looking at things like hotel builds, um, you know, things like pubs and even land banking of industrial land. So a considerable amount of money has been pumped into non-residential and is going to continue to be pumped in over the, over the short to mid to long term. David, fantastic. Thank you for the insights at a sort of more macro level about what's going on in the industry at the moment. Um, I might now turn to Owen and ask him to share his views about uh, how those macro events are, are driving at a more micro level in terms of uh, his business, VEC, and um, uh, how that's actually playing out in terms of the execution of their, their jobs. Uh, perhaps, Owen, if you could start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about VEC. I'm part of the uh, organisation under Downers Infrastructure Group, and VEC Civil provide infrastructure delivery uh, projects such as bridges, rail, Uh, roadworks and we're seeing a significant uh, growth in the opportunities available in the market right now. Um, 
that's also combined with a big uplift uh, in activity across the larger projects that we're not in, but the majors are certainly playing in at the moment. And that's driving a lot of competition out there for resources. So while the construction market report is indicating there might be a dip off in activity, we're actually seeing significant competition for resources such as skilled people, uh, equipment. We're seeing issues with pricing jobs out in the future for cement supply pricing, aggregate supply. So these are real issues that we're seeing in Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales. We're noticing them up in Queensland. It's not a huge issue right now, but we can all see that it's going to become a bigger issue later on in the year. So we think that we're coming out of what was the mining uh, boom in construction and potentially you know, that's translated into those projects are now delivering windfalls to government in the way of royalties and taxes coming along because they are now all in production. You look at Roy Hills ripping along. Uh, Fortescue have dropped their productivity costs down. They're moving good material. BHP are moving good material. So there's a lot of money starting to flow through and governments have got that available in what is effectively a very strong election cycle, both state and federally, coming up. And there's promises coming out there that we're quite happy to try and fulfil. It's it's interesting that you, um, you flagged the political cycle and you did mention roads there um, earlier. Um, the report actually pointed to a 14% uh, increase last financial year in road spend nationally, up to around $17 billion. Um, and it's actually forecasting a peak at, at around 2019-20 at around $20 billion, and that'll be the highest spend um, nationally on record. So, again, is this something that you're seeing? Definitely um, seeing that, and we can see it is a broad-ranging uh, set of opportunities. It's not just mega projects. There's certainly good opportunities in many different areas, including rural projects. Um, there seems to be a fair distribution uh, of that spend. And it's providing opportunities not just for the major companies, but a lot of the smaller companies in there. So there is a skills transfer coming out of working in the mining projects, for instance, uh, that we're quite happy to accept as well. So rail workers, for instance, with all the main rail projects on. Just commenting on those major projects, Simon, at the moment, if, if you see a, a number of those projects that are currently ramping up, uh, particularly on the eastern seaboard, you've indicated that there are some long lead procurement items that are going to become difficult. Do you see the possibility of the uh, significant contractors having better buying power in respect of some of that stuff and making it particularly difficult for the, the mid and smaller size contractors to actually get and procure long lead items? Uh... Difficult question. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I do think that some of the long lead items, the smaller guys will be a bit more nimble in their ability to act contractually. Uh, it is a strong area that they've got, especially smaller private companies where the buck stops with the owner and they can move and move quickly on things, whereas larger companies are often bound by corporate governance on long lead time procurement issues. So they're going to have to adjust their attitude and thinking on those sorts of things to compete because the smaller companies do have that ability where the boss sits in a meeting and says, right, I'll buy it. Yeah. Whereas you know, even in our group, we have very strong governance that we have to work. We're an ASX company owned ultimately. 
and we have to make sure we follow very tight governance rules on how we spend our money. Yeah, I think the contractors are going to find themselves under significant pressure for the next uh, for the next next cycle at least. Do you think that there's going to be um, you know interesting impacts in terms of labour? Yeah, the labour side of it is uh, challenging right now, uh, and it's across all aspects of labour. So whether it's finding suitably skilled workforce uh, to perform tasks that we're after, or whether we're looking at the really strong issues when it comes to professionals in the industry and holding on to them as well. So we've been under uh, salary pressure, wages pressure for a number of years now. People have taken a lot of haircuts around the industry and all of a sudden there's an opportunity that a lot of people are grabbing uh, and moving around. That's interesting. So taking all those things into account, um, we've seen in the UK the failure of one of the big contractors, Carillion, up there, across there. Um, net result of, of that seems to be a, a range of forces that came to play that caused that potential for that failure. Uh, you've talked today about uh, you know uh, a compression in the market. Um, there are lots of new players out there. We've got some labour force issues. We've got procurement issues, uh, particularly on the east coast. Um, a number of very big projects that have been uh, let, which are um, you know sensitive in terms of price. Do you see the possibility of um, contractor failure, or you think everyone's well enough managed around the Australian market that that's unlikely? I think we're still a little bit. Uh, gun shy from the failure up in the northwest. Uh, we've had a major contractor already go under here, and uh, everyone jumped on their equipment and their jobs and their contracts like vultures, and quite enjoyed that. So I think we are still quite wary of it. I think um, the businesses are strong. What's going to be interesting is where they're under pressure for people, and they end up having. Uh, not enough experience at the coalface towards the end of the jobs and they leave people there to run them out at the critical stage who don't have that core level of uh, financial experience but also client relationships where they can manage it at the end. I think that's where they're going to get burnt and they all have to be careful because when they're resource constrained and a project's finishing, then if you can't say to your A-team that's finishing the job or here's your next job, they all go. Yeah. And they look after themselves. You know, Paul Keating was right, never underestimate the power of self-interest. People will move on very quickly and companies have to make sure they get that retention at the end of the projects to protect themselves because loyalty did go out the window a lot over the last 10 years in this industry because it's a two-way thing. So it's going to be tricky. Thank you to David and to Owen for their time today. It's been fantastic, David, to hear about... Uh, the year in review and uh, in particular to get um, your take on ACIF's views uh, about the market coming forward. It's fascinating to hear that. We can expect to see um, different parts of the market move uh, in quite quite interestingly different ways. Uh, particularly to hear that the engineering uh, part of the market uh, is stabilising and indeed in some states is, is seeing a significant resurgence. Uh, Owen, thank you for your insights into practically what, what you're seeing in the market and what's happening uh, it's fascinating to hear how important uh, contract administration will clearly be to managing those challenges, particularly around long lead procurement items and people. Uh, thank you for your time and thank you for listening to Course Construction. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.